The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. The two most prominent words that the enemy would want to speak over a believer in Christ are these, shut up. Because he does not want us to open our mouths. We are a people called to tell, to teach, to proclaim, to declare, to speak, to praise, to give thanks. Bible teacher and author Beth Moore, next on Life Today. Betty and I really do consider it a privilege to be able to share time with you. I'm James Robison, and we welcome you to life today. I want to mention something that we're offering to all of you. It's, it's just really a, an incredible book, Fearfully and Wonderfully Made. Dr. Paul Brand was one of the most gifted medical doctors. He had won many awards. Philip Yancey is a best-selling author. He wrote, What's So Amazing About Grace?, the Jesus I Never Knew, 15 million copies sold of his books. He asked Dr. Brand if this incredible doctor would talk about the human body, the miraculous and uniqueness of it, and the diversity and supernatural unity in it, and let him take the body and teach on the body of Christ. It's phenomenal. We're, we're sending it to those of you who will simply help us feed some children. I hope you have been visiting the stream on a daily basis. Betty, you know, we go there virtually every day, sometimes several times a day. The news is current. But I, I, get, I get inspired and educated in so many ways okay. that people just absolutely can't imagine the, the beauty and the stream of wisdom and love that's flowing freely for the benefit of everyone. The stream is there to be a blessing to everyone by, by sharing the most blessed gifts God has in brilliance and wisdom and love and truth that can just totally change individuals and the entire culture. And so visit there, will you? And, and pass on what you read. Beth Moore is teaching on Jesus and the man with demons. All of us are assaulted by evil spirit, uh, deceiving spirits of darkness and even death and destruction. So we're in a battle, and Beth really does know how to help us with this. Here's Beth Moore. Would you welcome her? look at the scriptures in this coming series, we're going to be talking about what the opposite of the kingdom of light would look like. And we know it would be a kingdom of darkness, the antithesis, a place of depravity instead of righteousness, of chaos instead of peace. And instead of joy, there would be torment. Now, I want to say this to you, and I hope so much you're still standing there because this may be some of the best news you have heard all day long. I promise you that the enemy is not getting his full sway with you or you would not be standing there on the other side of that screen. I, I want to say that to you in, in this room as well. I can tell based on what we're going to see in Luke chapter 8, you're going to see what a shape this man is in because I want to present to you someone under the full sway 
of the devil. So this I can tell you, what we're going to see is if we'll look at what life looks like, what an environment looks like when the devil has his full sway, then you and I will get some insight about what happens when he has some of his way. Does that make sense to anybody? If I can see how he's working blatantly, it gives me some insight into how he's getting to me personally with some oppression. So let me say that to you. We're going to look at the opposite of Christ's desire for our lives. Sometimes we learn by contrast. Sometimes we learn by comparison. Both of them are very, very good and effective uh, learning tools. But this particular series, we're going to look at it by contrast. Sometimes we ask ourselves, what do I really want out of life? Very good question. And sometimes it's fair to ask the question, what do you not want? If you said to me, I can tell you this is not what I want to happen with my life. That's the question we are bringing into the scriptures today. So what we're going to be doing, so we'll do this over the next couple of weeks on our, Wednesday, on our Wednesdays. We are going to build four statements together and they're all going to begin like this, where Satan has his way where Satan has his way. So the first one begins just like this. Where Satan has his way, people live among the tombs. I want you to jot that down and let's see if it is so. Where Satan has his way, people live among the tombs. Jot down beside it verse 27 so that you will have your reference for it as it tells us that this man who had been inhabited by all of these demons lived for a very long time, not in a house, but among the tombs. And I was thinking about how many parallels that has to us because how easy it is for us to begin living just still wandering around the gravestones of things that are now dead and lifeless to us. How many of us are doing that? An old relationship. I mean, how many of us, like, perhaps you got a divorce back in 2006, but you cannot move away from that tomb? Anybody? I want you to just picture the grave marker. I want you to picture the names of those relationships that have been over for years. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like you've got a, a, a day it started on it, a day it ended on it, and we're still just wandering around the tombs. Now listen, God has healing for us. He has healing for us. And it is not his desire that we live our lives just wandering around the monuments to what was devastation and destruction to us. And it happens constantly. We'll have a split up with somebody. Um, it could even be a good friend. And we'll just over and over and over again just wander around, circle around that tomb, circling around that which is lifeless and dead. You know, sometimes I've thought in my own life, you know, one reason why the enemy has so much that he can really um, bring back to me with accusation. I've said this a number of times on Life Today, but I need you to hear it today in case you've never tuned in with us. I just want you to know, uh, listen, I have lived my life in the pit. I know what this is like. And I've said so many times that the accuser has been able to come at me so effectively because I gave him a lot of material. Anybody? Anybody? Yeah a lot of material. 
And so one of the things I would do, because I would just talk about it so much, just talk about it. So I just kept trying to give CPR to something he had already forgiven and gone off from. It's dead to him. Those are dead works to him. I mean, to me, I'm just still giving it CPR. Why? Why? Why are you trying to give your old dead self CPR? Anybody? Anybody but me? Maybe it's just the neurotic here. <laughs> but, I mean, this has been me just, just living life around the... Just visiting the tomb of our old deadly mistakes. Anybody? The place, just something that was just killed in our lives. I'm not talking about somebody so precious. I'm talking about something that we just cannot seem to walk away from. And it's dead to us. It's death to us. It's a grave to us. But here we are, the living, walking around the tombs. So when we see the devil at full sway, when he's got his full way, he has people just living around the tombs. So here's what we're doing. Because you and I are getting some insight into where he's getting a little bit of a way. We've already established he's probably not getting his full sway with any of us because I mean, here we are. I mean, you've got a sound enough mind to be on the other side of that screen. But we can see where he's got some of his way. And we're about to take that ground back. Amen, somebody? We're going to take some ground back. Now, I want you to notice something. This is very important, and it's easy to miss. When the man saw Jesus, verse 28, he cried out and fell down before him and said with a loud voice, what have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. What's talking to him? The demonic is talking to him. Uh, this is so important because the man has no voice. The enemy has taken over his voice. And listen, you put number, um, point number two down in bold letters where Satan has his way, people have no voice. Where Satan has his way, people have no voice. That point as well makes me think of the things that come out of this ministry, of the outreaches of life. How often, I, if there's anything that James and Betty um, are passionate about, it is in Jesus' name, giving people who have no voice a voice giving the poor a voice, giving those who are trafficked a voice, getting people back where they have a voice. You know it is the work of the enemy when there is a people, a people group, or there is a person who has completely lost any voice. That is not of God. I want you to know something. I want somebody to have a revelation today that you have nothing more intimidating to the enemy than a divinely gifted voice. Your mouth is a powerful instrument. It's powerful for good and it's powerful for evil, but it is one powerful instrument. You have no, and neither do I, we have no more powerful built-in instrument in our humanity than our mouth. And I want you to hear something. The two most prominent words that the enemy would want to speak over a believer in Christ are these, shut up. You can take that one to the bank, that if he has two words to say to a believer, he cannot take our salvation. So what's he going to say? If he just gets two words, you know what it's going to be? It's going to be, what are those two words? You tell me. Shut up. Shut up. 
because he does not want us to open our mouths. We are a people called to tell, to teach, to proclaim, to declare, to speak, to praise, to give thanks. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, I believe, therefore I speak. That because we believe, we are called to speak and we have powerful voice that God has given us by way of his Holy Spirit. We got a voice that can say, get thee behind me, Satan. We got a voice that can say, Jesus is Lord and by the power of Jesus' name. We have a voice that can say, if God is for me, would some of you finish that for me? Who can be against me? A voice that according to Psalm 18:29 can say, for by you I can run against a troop and by my God I can leap over a wall. That's what we're talking about. He comes for the voice. He loves the people who have lost their voice. And let me tell you, Jesus is coming in this series to give somebody, a man or a woman, a young person, whoever could be on the other side of that screen, somebody that has lost her voice, lost his voice, loose that tongue in the mighty name of Jesus and watch what he will do. Now I need somebody to tell me what we've got so far because somebody may be just joining us. We're in Luke chapter 8. We're studying about Jesus taking his disciples to the opposite side of the lake going from Galilee over to um, the Gerasenes where there's tremendous demonic activity. And here's what we have on the table. We are getting to see in this narrative what would happen if the devil had his full Way. And so we've already seen a couple of things. We built two points already. The first one is what? Where Satan has his way. Tell me. People live among the tombs. Among the tombs. We found out number two was this, where Satan has his way. People have no voice. And that brings us to number three, where Satan has his way, people feel outmatched. Anybody? People feel outmatched. I want you to notice a couple of ways that he feels outmatched. Would you notice with me that it says in verse 29, for he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man for many a time. That's in the ESV. Somebody say many a time. Many a time. Oh, say it one more time and feel it. Many a time. For, for many a time it had seized him. Many a time. I never had a demon inside of me. I've been sealed. I'm in Christ. If you're in Christ, you're sealed. But I can tell you he has seized me from the outside, tormented me. Don't you think it's interesting that the demon says, do not torment me? You know when the, when the demonic is, is tormented, when they have no one to torment? You want to know what torment is to the devil? When he has no one to torment. You know, when he gets bound up, according to the book of Revelation, for a thousand years, you know why that will be torment to him? Because he has no one he gets to torment. I mean, well, just try to put your mind around the kind of evil that is tormented when it does not get to torment, because that's exactly what we have on the page. And many a time it had seized him. Notice with me in verse 30, this says the other um, dimension of how he had been outmatched. Uh, Jesus then asked him, what is your name? And he said, legion for many demons had entered him. Um, there are different figures for what a legion is. It is at, at the uh, minimum, it seems to be in Roman terms that a legion was a thousand 
um, but it could also be several thousand. It could be as much as 10,000. But Legion, all of this, what we can know from the story in Luke 8 is he had many demons overwhelmed and he had been seized over and over and over again. And I just wonder how many of us can step into that pattern. Seized over and over again by perhaps sexual addiction or lust. Over and over again going back to the same pattern. Substance abuse. Anger and rage. You know what God I put on my heart today while I was preparing? I want so much for him when he, when it blesses him and when it would bless somebody to get as specific as possible and speak a word um, to somebody that knows God is, is, is aware of your situation and sees. And I felt like God placed upon my heart that there are people that are watching and people that are participating that have just been seized over and over again by rage and anger. And that you act out in that at times toward perhaps a child or, or, or perhaps toward a spouse or somebody just raging at what may very well be a loved one. I mean, someone you love. And the enemy is getting his way in that rage and in that anger. And I want to say to you, there is a Savior who can set you free because that, that's not of God. That's not his way. That's not his way. And I just implore you to see as we look at that, that the um, side of that where people are caught in something that seizes them again and again. I have so much compassion for that. I have been there. I have been seized even by addiction. But God, through Christ, sets us free out of what has seized us over and over again. God bless you, Beth. You're so honest. I think if we all get honest, we will have to admit too often the enemy's got his foot on us, so to speak. He's got us in a, a yoke of oppression, defeat, deception, some kind of a, a bondage. And uh, the Lord wants to lift that. He wants to break the yoke. You and I, Betty, as believers, as well as our viewers, have an opportunity to lift off of people an unbearable load. Oftentimes it's been placed there by the unkindness of others, by difficult circumstances, by famine or drought. In some instances, all of it combined. I want you to look in on a scene and oh, I pray that rather than turn away from something that looks stressful or perhaps heart-wrenching, that you would look in and say, I wonder if there's a way that we could alleviate that situation. And in this instance, there is. And we, all of us together, we're the source. We're the solution together. Watch and listen not only to what is said and what you see, but what you hear from God in your heart as you look. Watch closely. The news bombards us daily with a new crisis breaking out somewhere in the world. And in the midst of these devastating outbreaks, there is one crisis that is often forgotten. It is the never-ending food crisis. Every six seconds, 
A child dies from hunger somewhere in the world. That is 10 children every minute. Africa is no exception. Children dying simply because they don't have enough food to eat. Our mission teams have seen the effects of severe malnutrition and the toll it takes on little children's bodies as this silent killer steals the very life from them, slowly and painfully. As our mission teams survey areas of need, what they find most often is a grieving mother left only with the memory of her child's death at the hands of starvation. Elizabeth's story is no different, yet no less heartbreaking. She's holding now her two-month-old, a newborn little boy, and we're just praying that God will bless them with a much more beautiful future. As our teams prepare to return with stories like these, they often only have a prayer of comfort to offer those who are hurting. But with your help, we can provide food to Elizabeth's child and the thousands of other mothers whose children so desperately need our help. This is the last week that we are coming to you and asking for help. Betty, when you see that, that mother and you see that situation, what goes on in in your heart, what, well, do you, what are you to thinking? To watch that mother with such heartache and such devastation, already losing her husband to to war and being all their livelihood being taken away from them, and now she's facing the possibility of losing what children, family she has left because they don't have any food. Everything's gone. It breaks my heart, James, but except for the fact that I know that we can help her, we can make the difference, we can offer hope to her through the feeding program and let her know that somebody is watching, God is, and somebody is caring, we are. So please join with us. If you could only understand the, the character of these precious people that have been hurt in so many ways because of warring factions and for many, many reasons that are indescribably horrible, if you only knew that what she's longing for, would you just give me a chance and give our family and others a chance so we could have a future, a future what? To live, but also to go back to work. These are not lazy people. And, and we're able to not only get them on their feet when we do it together, but to teach them how to grow crops effectively. We have actually taught many of these people in these incredibly uh, foreign village uh, rural areas how to irrigate whether they do it by bringing water by hand and putting it on a small little garden or whether they actually begin to learn how to move water. I mean, they are so teachable if you can just get them healthy. And, and if we get them through these crises, we watch miracles occur where we not only see lives saved, but we see people come to Christ. We know we've saved 11 million lives from death by these feeding programs, but we've won to Christ far more than that in the same areas because they've seen the love of God. So what we're asking you to do is we reach to 25,000 in the Sudan area right now that are under horrific attack right now from famine, but also from war. 
if we can reach them and the 400, 400,000 other children and their families that we have located and we organize to feed them. If we can do that, and we can, we're going to see lives changed, not only now, but forever. What we're asking you to do, and this is a miracle, 30, 50, or $100 will feed three, five, or 10 children for the next months. But we've got a wonderful group of friends who said we so believe in this that we will match whatever you give. We've got a $400,000 matching gift, almost a dollar for each person given right now to double what you give. During this last week, would you dial that number? Or would you go to lifetoday.org, go online and make that gift. Take your bank card, use it like a check, and make the best gift you can. If you could give $100, not 10 fed now, 20. 50, it would now be 10, not five. For 30, it would be six rather than three, it'd be double. You may even be able to do more than that. Thank you for what you do. Know this, you're giving the greatest gift. You're giving life because of the love that God put in your heart. For the precious people, Jesus gave his life for. Would you right now help us share life as well as the source of that love and that life? Because that's what the missionaries do. Thank you for going online. Thank you for calling. If you get a busy, be determined to get through. We've got some very special gifts to give you to bless you in your spiritual walk. But we're going to be changing the lives of these precious people. And I know you want to do it. I want to thank you right now for your response. Thank you for your gift. Disease, malnutrition, starvation, all terrible human atrocities being faced every day by people living in remote and impoverished areas of Africa. And those at greatest risk are the children. This month, 400,000 children are depending on us for survival. And now in South Sudan, the suffering has intensified and our feeding efforts are desperately needed by an additional 25,000 children. As an answer to prayer, a group of Life's friends have set a $400,000 matching gift challenge for mission feeding. This means your gift today can have a double impact. $30 to help feed three children will be doubled to impact six children. $50 to help feed five children will be doubled to help save 10 children. $100 for 10 children will be doubled to help feed 20 children and $300 for 30 children will be double to help feed and minister to 60 children. With your gift, we'll send you Heirs to the Kingdom, four powerful messages on audio CD or USB flash drive. You'll also receive the award-winning book, Fearfully and Wonderfully Made. With your double impact gift of $100 or more to help feed 20 children, please request The Story, a running narrative Bible to help you engage with God's Word more easily. Finally, please consider a double impact gift of $1,000 and request this beautifully framed canvas print of the Forest Chapel by the painter of light, Thomas Kincaid. This is the last week. Please call, write, or make your gift online. Well, I'm anxious to send you fearfully and wonderfully made and heirs to the kingdom to understand the riches of being a child of God, what it means to know God as Father, even if you've not had a father or the best father, you can have the ultimate father. Incredible teaching. The beautiful Bible, the story, will be a blessing to you. Thank you so much for helping us feed those precious, precious children and their families. And thank you for being with us. God bless all of you.
at any one moment as his father, if I think he's in danger, if I think he's going to fall, I'm going to snatch him right up. Pete Wilson, tomorrow. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.